How many of us have loved the series that we're in right now? Greater Things, you've loved the series? I love it. All right, you may now be seated. Like Hannah said, um, I hope you have your physical Bibles because God said you'll be first in line in, to heaven if you have one at church. So um, I hope you brought it. And I hope you're taking notes because um, I'll give you $5 if you are. Um, I'm joking. Now, the fact that somebody said, wait, seriously, it's like, no, you should be taking notes anyway. Like, get off of me, bro. I'm not giving you money. So if you're titling this message because Hannah only left me a couple minutes, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're good. No, it's, it's 8.03, but it's fine. Um, if you're titling this message, I want you to title it Greater Than I Was. Greater Than I Was. The reason I named it this is because oftentimes I think that we as Quentin, I don't want to hear it from you, bro. I don't. I don't. I say oftentimes too much, and he makes fun of me for it. But oftentimes we start looking at things in the world as greatness. We look at celebrities. Like Drake is a phenomenal artist, yeah? Taylor Swift is a phenomenal artist, yeah? Yeah? We look at people like, like, like Ariana Grande or... You guys are the worst crowd to preach to. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, Drake is great. Taylor Swift is great. There's greatness there. Like, there's greatness there. Okay, Michael Jordan is great. LeBron James is great. Yes, there's greatness there. But what I don't want us to catch here is that we're chasing the greatness of the people in the world. The idea here is that we are chasing God's greatness. We are not chasing greatness from the world. See, write the book. I want you to write the book. Think of your favorite author. Write the book. I want you to be good at basketball. I want you to be good at your sports. I want you to be good as Gabe on the guitar. But what I don't want you to do is look at these people as if that's the greatness you're striving for. It's no, you're striving for the greatness of God. Are you with me tonight? So turn to your Bibles to Romans 7. Start in verse 15. And this one is a tongue twister. I was telling, who was I talking to about this earlier? Kira, yeah, I was telling Kira. I was like, Paul, what, what's up, bro? Like, you couldn't have wrote this a little easier? All right, so we're going to start in verse 15. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to not do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do good, I want to do, but the evil I do, I want to do, this I keep on doing. Come on, man, say that five times fast. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do, I want to do, this is I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, I promise you this is in the Bible, guys. I'm reading verse by verse, okay? Verse 20, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find myself, or sorry, so I find this law at work. Although I want to be good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against what the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man I am. 
who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask that you be with us tonight. God, we ask that you would uh, fill the room. Holy Spirit, come. Even though we are humans trying to do better, and we do what we say we don't want to do, and yet we do what we do not want to do. God, you're still with us. So would you help us tonight to recognize what it is that we're doing so that way we can break it off and lay it at your feet, Jesus? We are longing for your presence tonight, God. So would you be with us? In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Hey, how many of us have ever done something we said we'd never want to do? Or done something we say we're not gonna do again. I am guilty, like like it's January 17th. I said I wasn't eating fast food no more, I've been at Chick-fil-A twice. How many of us have done that? Like if we're being completely honest, like we say we're not gonna do the thing, like we go to the gym twice in the new year and then we never go back to the gym again. It's like, no, I'm not gonna not work out this year, I'm gonna be strong and I'm gonna go for it, I'm a strong man. And then we go to the gym twice and then we never go back. I said I was gonna stop scaring my wife. But I said it too many times. It's just what I do, I like making people scared. I like, I like, like, like someone's walking around the corner and I just, ha, ah, and they jump. Like that is my favorite thing in the world. Like I have videos of Malachi in my phone of just jump scares. We share the same office. So if he, you hear his feet stomping up the stairs, I'm like, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna hit the hallway. He's gonna come up. I'm gonna come right behind him. And just, God, he's like, dude. And he shrivels up. It's the best thing in the world. I love it. But at home, I do this to my wife. And it's not great. Guys, if you're in here, just a little piece of advice. Just don't scare your wife. Um, just don't do it, because it, it's... She loves me, that's why she's still with me, let's just say that. Um, but uh, there was a few times where we were living in one apartment and the way that our kitchen and bedroom and stuff were set up, it's like, like she would go to the bathroom and I could be able to like hide behind the fridge. And when she would walk in, I would just yell, Dah! and she'd, oh, babe. And then she'd sit down and I'm like, got him. And then I sit down, I'm laughing. She's like, you seriously got to stop doing that. And I'm like, I will never stop doing that. And I would do it over and over and over and over and over again to the point where she catches on where she walks out of the bathroom and she walks into the living room and she's like, to Lynn, I know you're behind the fridge. Do not scare me. Little does she know I'm in the bedroom and now I'm coming behind her and I go, yeah. And she goes, oh. We sit down one day, new house, sit down one day, and she goes, you know what? I'm sick of you doing this to me, and you need to stop. And this was out of nowhere. Like, fam, I haven't scared her in like three weeks. So something in her mind clicked, and she's like, you make me mad. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, I'm not going to do this anymore, so I won't. So what I decided to do was stop scaring my wife until just recently. <laughs> Listen, guys, Jordan's pregnant now. Come on. That's good news, but listen to this, though. Listen to this. You have to be one of the worst human beings or worst husband on earth to scare your pregnant wife. 
but I am a good godly man that loves his wife and I still scare my wife. This time I wasn't even intending on trying to like terrify her. What I wanted to do was just kind of like let her know that I was there. So as any creepy husband would do, she's using the bathroom and I just walk in front of the door, I go like this. And I opened the, I was hoping that she would like open the door expecting to see her husband like, oh my God, I love you, give me a kiss. Like, let's go hang out on the couch and watch TV now. And she's like opening the door and she screams at me, probably says a loud swear word. Yeah! And I'm like, oh, she slams the door in my face and I open the door and she's on her knees like this. She looks up at me and she goes, I am five months pregnant, you idiot. And I was like, oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But we, we do this with everything in our life. We say we're going to stop doing something, and yet we go back to the thing we say we're going to quit. How many times have we said in this room that we're going to give up nicotine, or we're going to give up dating the person we're dating, or we're going to give up the things that we like, or we're going to give up the things that we want? Oftentimes, we get caught up in saying that we want to give up something, and yet we continue to hold on to the same thing over and over and over again, and Paul wrote it clearly for us. It is describing every human issue. The very thing we end up not wanting to do, we do. The thing we don't want to do, we do. We see this in our everyday lives, and we're trying to choose between kingdom-minded versus culture-minded. We have this thing in our society today that people are either following the kingdom or they're following culture. It's the best little illustration that I can come up with for that. So on one side, we got kingdom. On the other side, we got culture. On one side, you were being told, you got to live this way, and you can do what you please. And on the other side, we're being taught to live in peace and joy with God who is providing our every need. There is a right answer here to this. See, it's not kingdom with culture or kingdom and culture. This is a battle. We are talking about kingdom versus culture. See, culture will tell us it's okay for us to follow our fleshly desires. It's okay for us to live divided. We're allowed to pick sides, whether red or blue, black and white, all of the things in today's society, throwing bricks through windows, defunding the police, whatever side that you're on, it's okay for us to be divided. It's okay to be what you want to be, when you want to be, and how you want to be in society today. That's what culture would tell you. It's okay to have sex in our relationship because we're planning on getting married anyway. That's what culture would tell you. It's okay to hold grudges. I'm just telling people how I feel. It's okay to gossip. I'm just telling people how I feel. I don't have to talk to anyone or about my problems. I don't need anyone or anything. Drinking and drugs are okay because they numb the pain I am feeling. I would say to this, the aim is for us to be kingdom builders, pointing people back to Jesus. So you want to know how we can shift the culture? You want to know how we can tell people who are culture-minded or society-minded or live by what the government tells us to do? We say, I follow Jesus. So I have a, a set of, of not even rules. I won't even say rules, but I've got a plan in my life, and it's called kingdom, and I'm heading there. But if I keep getting swallowed up by this culture, then I'm lost. But I've got to go somewhere. 
And we got to be kingdom builders, pointing people back to Jesus. What does that mean? It's like what Hannah was saying. You have to follow him. You have to fellowship with him. You have to fellowship with each other. And then you got to go fish for more people. You understand what that means? Come on, somebody, talk to me. You understand what that means? We have to follow Jesus. Hannah said it perfectly. Die to yourself. Take up your cross. Follow him. We have to fellowship with him. We got to read our Bible. We got to pray. We got to spend time with Jesus. Then we got to fellowship with each other. We got to come to church. We got to be in community. We got to love on each other. We got to be around people. We got to do the things that community tells us to do. Then we have to learn, know what we learned, and go fish for more people. So what does that mean? We're walking through our hallways being the light that Jesus provides in our everyday life. We are not shy of telling people what God is saying to us. We are not shy of of the gospel that we live out. We are going to tell people about Jesus Christ everywhere we go because we're fishing for more people. But oftentimes, we get caught in the double dip. You might be looking at me like, what are you talking about the double dip? You ever been to a restaurant with a friend? And you guys order buffalo wings? (laughs) And somebody takes a bite of the buffalo wing and then dips it back into the ranch. And you're like, bro, this ranch is now yours. It's contaminated with your germs. Why you double dipping? That's disgusting. Like, I don't want your double dipped ranch now. And I got to wait 45 minutes for this waiter to come back because Applebee's is busy. It's disgusting. The double dippers in the world need to be forgiven or something. Because I'm upset. And I literally just came up with this term. This is not like a fancy term. But you know what the double, double dip is? The double dip is finding ourselves halfway in culture, fleshly living, or halfway in emphasis on trying to serve God. Almost spiritual. And I say trying because how many of us know we can't serve God in what we want? Bible tells us we can't serve God in money, so replace money with whatever you're putting God above. Whatever you're putting above God, I mean. We can't serve God in money. We can't serve God in our flesh. We can't serve God in our video games. We can't serve God in our ex, our ex relationship. We can't serve God in our new relationship. We can't serve God in, 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 in all of the things that we do. We can't serve God while scrolling through uh, Instagram at night watching the videos. We shouldn't be. We can't serve God and also desire to serve our flesh that just doesn't work. If we understand kingdom mentality, we understand we can't do both. Fleshly desires allow me to continue to do what I want. And I run back to culture and I say, "Ah, yeah, I've been living my life how I want to, doing what I want to, whenever I want to, and nobody can tell me anything. I get to drink when I want. I get to party when I want. I get to smoke when I want. I get to sex when I want. I get to, I get to live my life for me when I'm following culture. You know what that does for us when we're following culture? We're living for us. We're living for our desires and what we want for our lives. But a kingdom mentality says we aren't living for us. 
This isn't about us. A kingdom mentality says, I am here to worship God, the one who provides, Jehovah Jireh, the one that I'm supposed to be running to, the one that I was created to worship. I have a kingdom mentality inside of me that I need to realize whenever I'm doing whatever I want, that I am riddled with anxiety and depression and pain and there's self-suicidal uh, ideation and there's things that I'm facing that is so hard for me to realize that I can't get out of, but then I end up in this kingdom mindset and being set free. Are you catching what I'm saying tonight? It's real quiet in here. Liven up for me, please. <laughs> I need to know that you got this because a fleshly desire allowed me to continue to spiral, but a kingdom mindset is going to set me free. I am pointed back to God and it's always going to be his will for my life. I am still heading for a kingdom even when culture is trying to slip in. See, I walk away from what culture does. Culture will try and tell me that it's okay to spiral and I'm good to live my own life and I'm good to be who I want to be and I'm good to go the places I want to go. But if we realize that we are going to kingdom builders, that we're heading somewhere and on that road, even when I slip watching porn, or even when I slip texting my girlfriend something I shouldn't have, or even when I slip doing the things I know I'm not supposed to be, I'm still on the road towards kingdom because the Bible tells me in, 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 in uh, Proverbs 19.21, it says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue to make plans I'm going to continue to strive for kingdom-mindedness. Even when I'm striving for that, if something veers off, it's because the Lord had a different plan for my life, but I'm still heading towards the kingdom mentality. Because when I realize that culture is trying to suck me in and make me do the things that are against God's will, I start realizing that I have freedom and kingdomness. Like God is setting me free when I'm kingdom-minded. Is there anybody in here in bondage? Is there anybody in here broken? Is there anybody in here that doesn't believe in themselves? Is there anybody in here holding on to something? Like you have to release that from you. But in order to release it, you got to recognize that it's there. Then you have to lay it at the feet of Jesus. But with the culture mindset, it's never going to take you anywhere. You've got to be kingdom-minded in that. Following a kingdom mindset would allow me to go somewhere in greatness because I am following the very thing I was created to follow. When I was in culture, I was broken. And I was lonely. And I was sad. And I had mental health issues. And I was going through some of the hardest times of my life. But everything that I turned to seemed to let me down. Talked to my friends about it. Made me feel good for a couple nights. Talked to my mentor. Made me feel good for a couple days. Even talked to my pastor. Probably made me feel good for a couple weeks. But I never brought the problem to God. What did that do for me? It allowed me to stay in that culture mindset. But the moment that I said, you know what? I've got to get out of this pit, and I've got to start heading towards my true calling. I've got to break the chains of the things that are holding me back, and I've got to start heading towards my kingdom calling. So how many of you know you are all called by God? You all have a calling on your life. You are all called to be fisher of men. You are all called to follow him. You are all called to go out and preach the gospel to your friends. You are all called. Listen to this. I have a, uh, a word for you. 
2024, March 27th, our next invite night. I'm sorry I spoiled it. I don't care. In 2024, March 27th, our next invite night, I have a feeling because of what we are doing now, striving for greater things, that this room is going to be packed to the brim. Why? Because you are going to go out to your schools. You are going to go out to your hallways. You are going to go out to your family. You are going to go out to your friends, and you're going to say, you know what? I'm done chasing culture. I have a kingdom mindset, and I've got to go somewhere with that. Do you believe that in this place tonight? Do you believe that in this place tonight, that you have something greater inside of you when you let go of culture and you start chasing kingdom? I'm going somewhere. Say that with, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to be great. You got to believe that for yourself. But we have to stop following our fleshly desires, friends, because it's going to keep us spiraling. I'm going to invite the band to come up. What Paul wrote in verse 8 of Romans would lay it out for us on what we ought to be following. Talks about life through the Spirit. Says in verse 8, or sorry, yeah, (laughs) verse 1, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. That's good news, friends. That is great news. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Hear me, friends. Our call is to stop living by our fleshly desires and start living by the Spirit of God. Because the more we live for our flesh means we are living to please us, not God. That's not what we were created for. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the band. It's not about Malachi. It isn't about Neri. It isn't about any leaders. It's not about the sound guy. It isn't about the lighting people. You know what it's about? Jesus. And we have to point back to Jesus. So if you come here for them, I would ask you to reframe what you're coming here for because it's all to point back to the spirit. I need the spirit in order to get rid of my fleshly desires because I'm heading somewhere. Those who live according to flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Friends, Romans 8 is laying it out for us. If we're living in a culture mindset, we have no ability to please God. And we're trying so hard to do the double dip, but it isn't working for us. We are trying so hard to stay cultured. Friends, I'm not telling you it's not good to have have culture. I have culture. I love good music. I love tennis shoes. I love sports. I've got culture in me, but I do not live by the culture. I live by the kingdom. So when you start living by the culture, you don't have the culture in you. You have kingdom in you. That's what we need to be heading to. Kingdom, friends. Who needs more kingdom in their life? Verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, 
but you are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Man, that's good. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. A couple more verses here. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh. Come on, if you got your Bibles out, highlight that right there. We have an obligation, but it is not to the what? It is not to the what? Come on, I need everybody in here. It is not to the what? We have an obligation and it's not to the flesh. To live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, sorry, but if you, it, but if by the Spirit you put to death misdeeds of body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17. Now if we are children, we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Come on. Is God good in this place tonight? Did God do something for us tonight? That if we have a kingdom mindset and we're living by the spirit and not by our flesh, that we have Christ within us. Does anybody believe that tonight? That we are heading somewhere because we got the spirit of God moving within us. That we are not told by the world what we get to do, but we are following God and he's guiding us to where we get to go. Come on, is anybody excited about that tonight? That is good news. Kingdom mentality is the framework that allows us to see things through God's point of view. Kingdom-minded people live according to Scripture and not circumstances. Kingdom-minded people have to keep God at the center of it all. I don't know what you walked in here with tonight. If I can get everybody to stand. I'm unsure what you walked in here with tonight. But if I know anything about 2024 and teenagers, I know life isn't easy. So the goal here is not to get you to come down to this altar because you look cool. No. The goal here is try and get you to come down to this altar so you realize that I've got one thing that I'm chasing. And I've got one thing that I'm going after. And it doesn't matter what culture says anymore that I'm going for the kingdom. But remember, it's not kingdom and culture. It's not kingdom or culture, it's kingdom versus culture. We've got to pick a side, friends. So with every eye closed in here tonight, every leader up front, if you're a leader in this place, come up front. What I want us to do is I want us to recognize 
we have to recognize what it is that is holding us back from being kingdom-minded. I don't care if you've been following Jesus all your life. I don't care if you gave your life to Jesus last week. There is something in your life, everybody in this room, even the leader standing up front that is holding them back from striving with everything. And because I am the one up here holding the mic does not mean I'm better than you. I'm also striving for kingdomness. And that's an everyday journey. But what I recognize is whatever it is that I'm going through, I'm, I'm able to pinpoint it and then I'm able to break it off me. And then I'm able to lay it at the feet of Jesus because I'm tired of holding on to the things that I don't have to hold on to anymore. So if you're in this place tonight and you would say, man, I'm holding on to something that is keeping me from being kingdom minded, that is keeping me away from God's glory, that is keeping me away from a true relationship with Jesus. And you'd say, I wanna break that off my life. And I wanna lay it at the feet of Jesus. I want us to sing this song. You are my champion. You are my champion. We're going a little over, but we're gonna pray and we're gonna close out, but you are my champion. And if that's you tonight, and you would say, I'm struggling. I've got some things that are keeping me away. I've got some problems that I need to lay at the altar. Doesn't matter who's looking. It doesn't matter if you're a student leader. Everybody's facing issues. And we need to break it off tonight. And we're gonna lay it at the feet of Jesus. You know why? Because I can't expect greater things if I'm settling for the okays of the world. So if that's you tonight, close your eyes, worship, or come to the front and lay it at the altar or get prayer from one of the leaders, but let God do a work in your life tonight. As we sing the song, you are my champion. Every battle I face, you've won. You are my champion and I'm going for kingdom mindedness. I need prayer. You know what I need? I need Jesus. And I'm not gonna let anybody around me be shameful or I'm not gonna be shy because I need God. And when I need God, I don't need anybody else around me to tell me how to live.